thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey everybody! Hello. Hi. So, <laughs> you know, some nights, some days are just like big army days, and I think let's capture this one. We are at March twenty seventh, twenty year of our Lord twenty twenty three, and let's go through what happened today because we can't. Ideally, we wanted to just come and talk about Jimin's album and just center Jimin. That's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about face and giving our initial hot takes after like we've let the a couple of days marinating with the album. But today a lot happened and it happened in really rapid succession because I was up at 550 in the morning getting ready for some things to happen and realized everything was just happening at the same time. So let's go through. I'll call on each of you to name like a different thing that happened today. So Megan, why don't you start? What's one thing that happened today? Well, I was in the car coming home from Las Vegas, so I got everything in snippets. But one thing that happened today is the uh, JK Times Calvin Klein promotion, which kind of got leaked yesterday, but like officially got leaked today on uh, Calvin Klein's TikTok. And boy, stop me in my tracks. Like we are in for it, you guys. It's going to be amazing. and. Like a friend of ours said recently, they're really pulling me to this mullet dark side, aren't they? And yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> and we'll keep Ron Robining because there's more than three or four, you know, things. So Tanya, what is something that happened today? Oh, El Korea put out an IG reel, Instagram reel with uh, video footage from Young's hotel photo shoot in las vegas or at least it looks like it's in las vegas and yeah there's so there's so much going on in that it's dark it is interesting the americana the the bruising the the clothes everything i don't even know where to start that happened today (laughs) one of many things all right allison something that happened today um at 8 a.m central time jimin was on switchata with Shiga. and in order for me to even begin to process it emotionally i had to like slow it down so i could just really take in the pieces as they were coming and i will for sure be watching it multiple times to enjoy enjoy all aspects of this episode because it was one of the best so yeah, I woke up 5.50 California time to watch it go live at six and was thinking like, I don't have a second to like make a cup of coffee and just like be in the dark and like get ready to like be pumped up to watch my bias and bias wrecker, you know, go for it. Except there was a Yunmin TikTok. So we had Yungi and uh, Jimin doing the like crazy TikTok challenge. But they weren't the only members doing that challenge, were they? Because what else happened today? Tanya. There was also a TikTok challenge video with J-Hope. And looking beautiful and being amazing and adorable. And that makes me cry because we know he's leaving soon. I can't cope. And then Megan, to round it off, who decided to pop by WeWorks today? (laughs) And in the middle of all of that. JK decided to go live. I just, it, it's fine. He's been doing that lately, which I feel like is very like, I saw on, um, I think Instagram the other day, it was like very parasocial of him. Like, you know, you feel like you're in a parasocial relationship with BTS, but JK going on live to do things like karaoke and fall asleep with candles or make some type of, you know, fried rice or whatever he did the other day is very 
parasocial with him. Um, and so I missed it because I was traveling, but I know many of you were able to see it. Um, and I hear it was a doozy, just like all the rest of them. I am curious though. I was not, I didn't catch cause I was really busy this weekend. I didn't catch the ASMR one. Anyone want to talk about the ASMR, um, live that he did a couple days ago, right? A couple days where he was eating and like tasting food and like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I would say it was ASMR. It was mostly just him eating food. It seemed like he had pulled his chair to the stove is like what it visually looked like to me and just kept saying, I would call it the damn live because he spent his whole time just going damn and eating and then falling out of his chair like G-Man over the food because it apparently had been some time since he had eaten as well. I Okay. There was also a lot of vigorous stirring and other stuff going on with the pan. And it was, it was a very vigorous cooking session. (laughs) A knife, a giant knife was brought out at one point, but today in his live, because I watched the entire thing from start to go because I was working and I just set it up next to my desk is he then watched Sushwita as well, which was like a meta experience. And like would occasionally pause it to like give some commentary on different aspects. And then he proceeded to pop into YouTube and just start watching BTS clips, like fan clips. And then I was like, I'm living in a meta hell of like watching, <laughs> watching JK sit back and watch fan made YouTube reels that I watch occasionally to fall asleep. And this just just started to feel like when we're talking about parasocial, I was like, oh, we're just in a, like, we all need therapy together, JK and us. And he's giggling. He's laughing his ass off and giggling just like an army. You know, he's he's not just sitting there going, oh, look at us. Oh, yeah, we were funny back then. He's just sitting there having a great time and laughing his ass off, just like any of us. Which, like, begs the question when someone asks, like, why, why do you do this? Why do you love this so much? Why are you so, this is why. This right here is why, because while other fandoms like, oh, it's a two-way street, not like this, not like this. Like it's so fantastic and also just sometimes off the rails because you're thinking, oh, well, he's just going to wrap this up really quick. And then two seconds later, he's snoring. Oh, okay. Good night. Like, I, I don't know. I have, um, soul on my iPhone clock now so that anytime any of them go live I know exactly what time it is because sometimes I'm like it's two in the morning uh you you need to go to bed like what's happening and then other times I'm like oh well it's two in the morning sure I'm not doing anything let's play like it's I don't know it's so crazy sometimes I can't and then like today as we were all saying this all happened in one day one day one day this was a day to remember. <laughs> I had to just push pause on the VL video. I was like, I'm I'm not even going to look at that until later this week when I inevitably like have an hour open up in my schedule and be, oh, okay, now's the hour I'm going to devote to V in this video. But until that time comes, it's sitting on a shelf. I can't process that right now. It's the bathtub. It's Allison's face. Damn you and that, that. Megan just keeps saying the bathtub. The bathtub. Megan, stop it. <laughs> but what are we here for? The man of the hour today is Hakti Min and his debut EP, Face, which is a small but mighty album, I would say, that packs a punch. And so before we get into it, I'm just going to take a quick little, like, this is a, um, a quote that comes from NME. I would say that like a lot of the review sites have been really positive and favorable to Jimin's album, but just to encapsulate what Face is about, the record began its life in early 2022. We learned today that a conversation with uh, Min Yoongi and possibly others helped launch like their commitment to making the solo album. And it finds, and I'm directly quoting this, the BTS star examining his experiences during the pandemic, diving into who he really is, 
confronting his true feelings rather than papering them over with a joyful facade. It, as one meaning of its name suggests, is facing up to reality and captures the complex roller coasters of emotion that comes with it. So Tanya, the first question I have is for you, which is in that description, even though this album isn't the same, I really feel like there's some like things that we can draw as parallels to uh, J-Hope's Jack in the Box. So any thoughts to that? Definitely. I, I was thinking the same thing. And in fact, I, th- I think pe- even for more of the members, I'll be curious to see whether this um, kind of motif about masks and faces continues. Because this this has really been a motif of theirs for a long time. I mean, when you think about, um, for example, uh, Taehyung's choreography in the the choreography stigma, where stigma yeah in stigma and all so there like you there's all the mask motifs in stigma and in singularity in the choreography and we just see it over and over and over again and yeah in Jack in the Box you know J Hope was very clear that this was the beginning of his very deliberate process of unmasking which is even continuing now even through BT twenty one with his Mon character uh, and I think Jimin is really saying something similar here about wanting to just be authentic. I think that that seems to be at the core of it, this longing to be able to express themselves as artists authentically, to be able to um, create and put out the work that really is meaningful to them without being afraid of whether the industry or, or haters or critics will accept it um also just i don't i i suspect although i don't think they've talked about this as clearly but it certainly seems like fairly clear messaging to me um that they are also saying i don't want to live bound by the industry i mean within the industry like j-hope said i'm in the box but i'm also not in the box you know what i mean like still playing some of the along with some of the industry expectations but not being um so bound by it uh, and being able to break free of of uh, those expectations and the restrictions on how you express yourself and the kinds of messages that you can share with your audience. So Allison, I have a question for you. And I guess it's, you know, we know BTS has talked a lot about kind of like union psychology and like identity and ego and things like that. So when you, when you see this concept of face that Jimin unpacks and kind of going through what sounds like for many of us, the pandemic was a time of both trauma and kind of like self-reckoning. You get a lot of time with yourself and you get to deal with that. Um, Kind of like, what are your thoughts like therapeutically on that? (laughs) Um, excellent question. Difficult to answer, but I think that what comes to mind as I was, uh, listening to this and reading over the lyrics and then just with the interview with Sugar today is the, the idea of shadow work and sort of like going through the dark parts of the soul in order to like face them and not be scared of them and to say, okay, this is this is the dark side. Now, how do I, how do I grapple with this? And how do I um, adjust course knowing that this is a part of me and not necessarily even a part um, that you want to get rid of, but just a part that you want to acknowledge, excuse me. So it's integrated rather than like something that's scary and hidden. Like, it feels very much like this was, I'm going to show everything that I was going through so that we can just lay it all out and I can get to where I want to be. Um, and so it was, and it was some heavy stuff, like reading over those lyrics was hard. Um, and I want to sit with them a little bit more. Um but that's what comes to mind just off the top of my head is his ability to sit with the hard stuff, to sit with his shadows and to say, I'm going to make myself like do these hard things and acknowledge these like quote unquote, like monster shadows that I have to create this album and to get to where I want to be personally and professionally. 
And then Megan, I guess my question for you is what was your expectation coming into the album and like, how did that meet reality? You know, I'll be honest. I didn't really have a set expectation. Um, I knew it was going to be good. Uh, great. Even, you know, I, since, uh, I started being army, um, and have listened to form, you know, solo projects that came before the time that I was in the fandom. And now after the time I came into the fandom, every single solo project has surprised me in the best way. You know, we talk about J-Hope and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like alternative rock. I love this. Um, we talk about RM. RM really like, um, hit every, almost every genre of music on his album. You know, he had like some folksy stuff. He had some like deep rap stuff. He had some new agey kind of stuff. Um, so when it came to Jimin, I was really excited um, because I knew we were going to get something fresh. Um, and I watching his content, watching run content, concert content, whatever kind of, you know, all the content that we get. I knew that he could kind of stretch vocally. Um, I've seen him in some like uh, live performances where he was actually rapping. I've seen him in some live performances where his voice gets really deep, something that we don't normally hear from Jimin. And then, of course, he's got a beautiful singing voice. I mean, we knew that. So I didn't have a, an expectation to say, oh, my gosh, I, I want it to be this or I, I want it to be that. I just was like, OK, what are we going to get? And not nervous, just like I wanted to be shocking. And it that is what we got. Um, I remember we, we kind of were all in the group chat and we were like, set me free part two, the countdown's on, like, let's reconvene. I was shocked and not because it was like, oh my God, I'm so surprised he could do this. I was shocked because I was like, this is not K-pop. K-pop, this is no longer, we are no longer in the realm of K-pop. This is a dance track. This is a TikTok trend. This is a radio play song that isn't going to be seen as like, oh, well, it's just K-pop. Because, you know, we get that on Radio Play. We get that um, in the world of like uh, music right now, where it's like, oh, well, you know, permission to dance, but it's K-pop. Or, you know, butter's great, but it's K-pop. Set Me Free Part 2 is great because it's, it's I'm just going to say it, it's fucking great. The intro's great. Like the breaks are great. His voice, you know, there's like a little bit of auto-tune in the right spot. Um, he starts out with this like gravelly, like voice that I'm like, Jimin, where has this Jimin been? Like, where have you been hiding? So I did not have an expectation. However, I did not expect it to blow me away like this. The entire thing is so good. And I, I, on, I listened to it on Spotify. Mind you, I don't have, and we could talk about this later, the hidden track, but it's like 20 minutes long. So it doesn't take you that long to listen start to finish, but I was blown away that first night. I was blown away um, uh, with the next one. I I only know it's crazy. I know that's not what it's called. Hold on. Uh, Light crazy. Um, that sound is just, I don't know. They're, the babies are going to be made to that song. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I, I love it. I know I say that all the time. People on the podcast are like, she loves everything. I do. It, as a person, a music person, I've been listening to music so much, so many different genres my whole life. I'm so excited about this um, because I feel like finally someone's going to be like, this is great and not say that, well, this is great, but it's K-pop. It's just great. And that's what I love about it. And also just to throw in, because I love Instagram and I love memes. Um, there was the meme of like, uh, the guy sitting at like the gravestone and it's like Jimin and then K-pop. It's like, peace out because that's what it felt like. That That's what it felt like after we got that music video. So yeah, I, it's, I love it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, just like, yeah, really quickly to touch on what you said, like one thing that that's kind of backed up by too, is that P-Dog who is a longstanding BTS producer and kind of sometimes is known as like the eighth member of BTS kind of made like a fairly bold declaration that said something to the fact of like, you know, Jimin's breaking K-pop in 2023. So that does seem to be like a bit of an institutional goal. I'm going to say that like, I think sometimes it's like, yeah, we're just at a point where maybe we're breaking conventions a little bit. 
And with that, I kind of want to ask myself one question and then we can open up to everyone's questions. So I was thinking about like when I first heard the album, the term I think I was using for it was like a confessional album. And I kind of like did some reading on like what confessional means. And I hit something pretty interesting, which was on Joni Mitchell. And it made me rethink the use I was having of the word. So Joni Mitchell was interviewed in The Guardian a few years ago. And, you know, she's kind of known for having these very emotional storytelling, kind of very like part of her life music. And she hates the term confessional. So I was like, I want to listen to that. And I want to kind of maybe pull back on using that. But her idea, I'm going to just like read what she says from the Guardian article, is when I think of confession, Mitchell said, two things come to mind. First, it's the swinging light in the billy club, trying to get a confession out of somebody that's been captured, like confess, confess, or a witch hunt or trials. Confession is someone trying to beat something out of you externally, and you're imprisoned and you're captured, and they're trying to get you to admit something, to humiliate and degrade yourself and put yourself into a bad uh, position. And then she's also like, also, then there's the voluntary confession of like Catholicism, where you go to the window and you tell the priest and tell him you're having sexual fantasies and he's wanking on the other side of the window. Those are the only two kinds of confession I know, voluntary and under duress, and I am not confessing. And so then I was like, okay, those hit me like I'm like fair points. (laughs) So I think I guess I want to just say he's very personal in this album. And I feel like Again, we're used to seeing like a really like BTS seems authentic, which is why we connect to them emotionally. Yet it's an interesting paradigm because they're also very curated in what we're seeing. And so in this case, like we see him saying, basically, there were times I was like a drunk, hot, fucking mess. But like, you're also like, that makes you more human. And like, there were times I was like a drunk, fucking mess in the pandemic too. And so one other thing is that when he said it was a pandemic album, I thought about it too, because I come from like a writing background. And when he said it was a pandemic album, I will say it didn't excite me. And I was thinking about why. And I was like, you know, in publishing too, I've seen that like, we're not seeing a lot of art yet or like movies yet that are people are like, yes, I want to get into like what happened in the pandemic. Like either it's like too much trauma too quickly and too soon but listening to it the first couple of times, I didn't expect to be emotional in the way I was, which was like emotional almost for myself, like for Jim and too, but I felt like he really tapped into some of that universal. And so I think that was a big surprise for me is that in being personal and being intimate, he kind of tapped into that greater universal intimacy of some of just like the sadness and tragedy and difficulties that I think we all had to some degree during the pandemic and it made me think maybe I do want more pandemic art even though I've thought I didn't because I found this very affecting you know I I thought about that too just because um the pandemic we all have our own pandemic story right but also and like for me during the pandemic when like everything stopped for me and that had to do with things like school for my kids and my husband working from home and that kind of like not being able to go here, not being able to go there. I can imagine, I cannot imagine what it would have been like for like the, my entire world to stop. And, you know, we've heard Jim and say before, I'm part of a group. um, I'm part of this team. I'm, I'm a member. I'm not a solo artist. So I can't imagine what went through his mind at that point where it was like, Hey, there's no more tour. There's no more promotions. There's no more getting together. There's no more, you know what I mean? Like they stopped those types of things for a a bit. And so it makes sense to me that like, you know, that song, it's like interlude drive. Uh, I think it's track two. It's like really experimental, but when you listen to it with like a pandemic ear, you're like, that's exactly what it was like. (laughs) Like that is exactly what it was like. It was kind of off the rails. Like there's so many things happening in that song and a very short amount of time. And I, I feel like that's kind of universal and like that's how it felt too so um I agree with you Leah like sometimes I feel like oh I'm not ready to rehash like what would like what was happening during the pandemic but at the same time it's like wait a minute some of us were going through the same thing different scale obviously I'm not a pot like a an idol or star or anything like that but I just can't imagine for him um, almost being in like that isolation where you really do have to rethink what you're doing you have to rethink 
what you've been doing with your life. You know, it gives you time to like reflect on that. And then what do I want to do next? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be kind of thing? And I feel like when you listen to this album, you get that from him, you get that kind of like, he starts and then it like grows and like it's evolving into something else. And so, um, you know, we're not talking about the show that uh, Yungi show today, but you know, he did say, like Yungi said, well, like what's, you know, what's next, what's going to happen next. And, you know, he's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm still growing, you know, like I, I, he says something to the effect of like, I'm, am I an adult? Am I grown? You know, kind of thing. So I, mean, I think he's forever evolving, but it starts with this and like, man, what a way to like come into your own and realize those things about yourself, you know, becoming an adult um, in a global pandemic when you feel so isolated, but then at the end of it, you're a whole person. You're like, and, and maybe not a, an entirely different person, but just a gr- like there has been growth and like something's a new, right? Like you're just newly inspired for something else. And I think that's what's exciting about the album too. That's, that's interesting that you mentioned the interlude track and also how the album is, is the story of the pandemic and how there, there's a progression because I was listening to that track many times actually, because I think it's so beautiful and, and so, like you said, so experimental and innovative. And in fact, there are so many interesting sound effects like that throughout the whole album. Uh, and it, I don't know if other people will feel the same because maybe I'm not interpreting it right. But when I listened to it, I heard at the beginning, it was like the sounds of food delivery. I think there was like a knock on the door and then you can hear the plastic bag rustling. And that I, for me, that is like a very symbolic thing of the initial months of the pandemic when there were, people were searching for some kind of normalcy, you know, and you missed your favorite foods and things like that. And also the food delivery was some of your only human interaction during that time. And then, and then there's some other things that go on. And then, but the, at the very end of that track, which is a short track, um, it's the liquid pouring into the glass and the alcohol bottle hitting the table. And it's like, oh, that's where he's going in to the dark space. Yeah. Which he, he talked about pretty openly, I think. Yeah. Um, so do we have a favorite track? Uh, let's go around and s- tell our favorite. Leah, why don't you go first? Well, we haven't really gotten to like the spoiler part, but I have a favorite track. And I guess I'll explain why it's my favorite is that I really liked the album, but the first couple listens to it, I finished it and I was like, this feels like a way bigger bummer than I was like energetically prepared for. Like I'd heard Set Me Free, which felt like a bit like an anthem. And when you listen to the album, like Set Me Free is like the like last like solo on the album but then it pivots back to like crazy which is like got the sad melancholy like am I alone kind of like last track and I was like oh like honestly I finished it and I'm like this feels like a bummer like I like it but like I'm gonna have to sit with this and this feels like I just took some medicine that was beautiful but I'm like hurting now and then really quickly that night I found out that there was this hidden track and so I'm gonna say I'm going with the hidden track which we we can talk about later but the reason why I'm going with the hidden track is because when I feel like I hit it like I'm a romance writer like I want to have some happy ending and so for me it felt like it was this like sweet lovely like we go then we can say okay we are set me free which is kind of like looking back on like the last couple of songs and being like, I'm breaking out and I'm kind of going to like do things a different way, be more empowered, be more healthy, like whatever it is. And then we have this hidden track that's essentially like way more centered and grounded. I think anyone who's able to practice gratitude is coming from an emotionally healthy place where their bucket's full. And so I had this sense of like, okay, now I feel like I can really appreciate the whole album because I have this emotional, like, you know, kind of like scrappy, painful start. And I can end in this period of hope. And I'm like, now I love it. Now the whole thing works for me. So that's why Letters is my favorite song of the album. It's so beautiful. I've listened to that so many times. I think my favorite is like crazy. Um, Only because of the like synth beats and like just the style of it, like reading it is is sort of sad but um like it's the one that I put on in the morning when I'm getting ready just because I'm like I want to dance around and 
just like enjoy the song for the music of it um but that so like crazy is the one that I go to most often and I will say that his album was the one that I was most looking forward to um because I I love all of their voices and I crave all of their styles at different times but I find that his like with you and his other like songs are ones that I return to time and time again just like when I'm in my office and have a few moments and so I was just so excited for this album and it is so beautiful so I'm very thankful for Jimin for creating it how about you Tanya what was your favorite I think I'm sure it'll change from time to time like like is always true I think with their albums but right now it's alone um I think there's just something about the mood of that song I just feel like he captured it so beautifully and I'm sure there's much more personal stuff going on in the song I mean you can see it alluded to in the lyrics but even if you're just approaching it in a more general sense is that that uh, experience that most people had of um of being isolated during the pandemic and, and and having all these chances whether you wanted them or not of going inside of yourself or even having the walls kind of close in on you um i just felt like uh his voice just captured that so well there's so much emotion in his voice and just the melody of the song is so beautiful I don't know. It's just the mood has just really got me. Uh, I think I'm, you know, it's interesting what Leah said about whether, you know, being ready for art and and stories about the pandemic. I, that was one of the things that really struck me during the pandemic is that when I would listen to, because um, I, I, before I got into BTS and all my time got consumed with, with music and stories about them, which is great. I used to listen to the moth a lot on national public radio in the United States. There's a, uh, um, a storytelling show uh, called the moth and it's spread around the world. So it's, it's in other places too. And, uh, and I it was struck by how during th- those couple of years, two, two and a half, almost three years, there, oh, there were almost no stories about the pandemic. Or at least maybe I didn't hear them all. Maybe I stopped listening when I got into BTS and didn't get to hear the ones that had been produced during that time. But uh, but it's it's true across the board. You don't really see TV shows about it or anything. And and I think that maybe the song alone is like a first step for me of starting to, and the whole album really of starting to start to come to grips with everything that happened, uh, because it was it was so profound for all of us. And um, I was very isolated because um, I live with a parent who has a chronic health issue and I just couldn't go anywhere or do anything. And still, I still have to wear a mask and do all kinds of stuff that other people don't have to do now, which is fine. I don't resent it at all. It's more just that it's just been such a huge um, seismic shift in life that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to apologize in advance but I'm going to be the basic bitch of the group because set me free part two is my favorite track on this album. I love it. The beginning is amazing. It sounds like an orchestra and the entire thing, the way his voice changes, the pitch, the tone, all of it, the melody, it's a dance track. It's gorgeous. It's all the things. And I've listened to the album three times all the way through. It's still the one that hypes me the most. So I stand by it. I know everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, that's the one from the music video and everybody loves it. I don't care. I love it. That's my pick. Hey, there's a reason why it's one of the lead tracks. It's incredible. Boy, the energy in that song. Oh my gosh. Can I just say to you before I forget that I feel like... um you know, Jimin often has talked through the years about how he's not satisfied with his voice and he wants to keep developing his voice. And he's done a lot of vocal training. And um, I feel like his voice has matured, like even just the physical qualities of his voice have really matured in this album. It's, I mean, his voice was always so clear and beautiful and stable, but it's like even more so now and his range and stability seem even stronger uh and so that is just amazing to hear that evolution taking place in his voice gorgeous 
yeah, when we heard Set Me Free the first time and we got into that like very opening thing and his voice goes down, I was just like, yeah, we weren't in Kansas anymore. It was like, this is hot and amazing. And I just want to give a quick plug to if it wasn't for the hidden track, what my favorite song is on the album, because no one else mentioned that. And that's Face Off, which is just such a fuck you song. And I love that so much for him because like, look, obviously it's dealing with pain and hurt, but it's dealing with it in a way that like, look, I can just say how I emotionally react to music. I can't say like what the story is behind it. I can just say what the feeling it gives me. And so in listening to Indigo, I felt like I was dealing with a lot of active heartbreak, which was heartbreaking to like listen to. And I've had my heart broken in the past and I know what that feels like. And so it kind of like, you know, listening to music makes you feel feels and things like that. But listening to Face Off, I didn't have a sense I was listening to like a heartbreak song. I felt like I would listen to somebody who had already moved on, but was looking back and being like, you know what? Fuck you. And I'm here always for that energy. Even though they were talking about things being very painful in the time, there was a sense of distance in the pain I felt like that came through in the music. And I really enjoyed like the fun house wonky theme at the beginning and then to learn that in the soup Jimin had been playing that on the keyboard and uh yeah so I don't know if that had just been like a tune he'd had just playing around and then was like this would be really cool to use or what but he definitely was plonking around on the keys with that one at one point and then got it on the album I just I liked it and I, every time I hear it, it cracks me up because to me, it sounds like the circus. And I was like, how did you know, Jimin? How did you know? I actually thought it was supposed to mean, and maybe I'm wrong. To me, it signified, because I knew the album was about the pandemic, like the the party winding down, like the big top is falling. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the circus of everyday life is suddenly collapsing. That's what I got out of it. I don't know if that's what he meant, but. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I will say what he has on the record said is that this is a chronological album. So we are meant to listen to it in terms of like, he's like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, even though, you know, we can just kind of get more of like the emotional aspects of it through the lyrics. But that's what he has said it's meant to be. Each one of their albums is so different. I was thinking about when you, I was listening to you all just a few moments ago, talking about, you know, the feelings, the emotional reactions, like Leah said, that you get to each of the albums and they're all so different. Um, getting this personal journey of healing from this pain and hurt from Jimin, you know, um, uh, the, the, the heartbreak album with Indigo and J-Hopes was so different. It was more like musical homage, paying respect to his roots, um, declaring him himself to be or for the first or showing the other parts of himself for the first time. There were strong social justice messages and uh so it's very totally different much more i don't yeah, know yeah, it's, i don't want to dismiss it and say it's not with feelings i feel like jack in the box has many big oh feelings, yeah yeah but to me it feels like a much more cerebral album yes like, yeah. down and worked on a con like a high concept high concept exactly yeah which is so him yeah all right well let's talk just briefly about the hidden track so the hidden track if you're listening to the album at the last song it goes quiet and then at 6.13, the song begins. So that's a significant, you know, number. And today in Sesuita, Jimin has indicated that, you know, it's an army song. He kind of like tosses it out as a one-off. Um, personally, I've seen the fandom have so many theories to what this is. Like, is it to the BTS collective? Is it to ARMY, as Jimin indicates? I had one person write and say, I am convinced it is about RM. I had another person write and say, obviously, this is like a deep feel song to Jungkook, who also is background vocalist on it. Um, So lots of different ideas of like what or who this could be. But essentially, this is a hidden track that is... About what? Like, does anyone want to give a stab at like, because this I feel like is like maybe the most obvious song. I, my take was, you know, he, he said he was very, that he was actually trying to be clear in his lyrics and to, that we could take the stories that he was telling at face value. Um, and that he was, he did, he was trying to be transparent about the message of the song. So if we 
I think everything they do is always layered, but if we take him at that, then, I mean, given that he's been pretty open, that he was struggling with probably relationships and alcohol during that time. Um, it's a thank you. I got it that it was a thank you for helping to pull him out of that, um, to helping him not to get too lost in that space that he was in and, and giving him the support that he needed. I don't know. I'm probably missing big parts of it, but that's kind of what I got from it. By the way, before I forget to say, did you all notice in the photo books that they have the lyrics for the hidden track um, embossed on a white page? Like there's no, there's no ink. It's embossed. Like it's hidden. Did you see that in the back of the book? I actually haven't sat down enough with the book. Oh, okay. Okay. Look look for it. Are the lyrics in English or in Korean? Uh, they're in the original. So there's a few English words smattered throughout, but it's in Korean. But yeah, if you go towards the end of the photo books there, um, you know, cause the other songs are there with black ink, the lyrics, right. But there's an embossed page in the back or kind of a textured page in the back where the, the lyrics are there, but you have to look at it in the right light to see them. They have a little bit of a silver sheen on them. It's really beautiful. So I just wanted to shut, give, tell anybody who hadn't had a chance to see that yet. So I actually, before we start recording, I opened this because it got delivered when I was out of town. Um, and it's the best birthday present I ever bought myself, by the way. Um, but yeah, it looks like two blank pages, um, which is what I originally thought it was. But when you hold it up to the right light, you can see that it is embossed um, here. So that is amazing. I've never seen anything like that before in an album packaging. I thought it was a, a beautiful thing. Um, because I had was like out of town this weekend and had such a busy weekend. I have not been able to really sit down with this song and the lyrics um, because every time I get started with it, something is happening in my real life. Not my, you know, bangtan life, but my real life is happening in the background. Um, but I will say like, it just struck me as a beautiful love song. Um, it is filled with so much love and emotion. Um, and we get this from BTS often. Um, but there's something about getting a love song from Jimin that just, I don't know. He is so lovable. He's so loving. Um, and we see that in how he is with the other members. We see that how he, how much he values friendships, how much he values relationships and to know that during the pandemic, he had this time where he was having a rough time with the relationships and a rough time with other people in his life is heartbreaking because he, when you see him again, like I, I always say, we, we see what we see because we get it in the content, but a lot of that content is very genuine and you don't fly halfway across the world to be at Lollapalooza for someone you just are friends with, right? Like, it's somebody that you really care about. So we know that he really holds a love in his heart and like loyalty to his friendships. And so it just felt like this is such a loving song. And again, to get it from someone who just seems like the most lovable, loving person on the planet, it's just so overwhelming emotionally. I love it. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful song. The lyrics are beautiful. Oh my gosh. I, anyway. I love the connection between that I see at least between like crazy and letter because in like crazy, it says, don't save me. I want to stay in my dream. And then in letters, it's you saved me. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful transition. Yeah. And something else like, cause I mean, like, I think letters touch on, on a lot of things, but ultimately it's a thank you. It's a gratitude letter. Um, and to me and, um, and the idea of like the part that gets me is like the, like you who saw me when I was tiny as someone big, because I feel like that has just been like an ongoing thing. Having consumed like a great deal of BTS content over time is Jimin never quite seen for having such a big heart and for holding so much in his heart, never seeming to hold himself in the same way. and um. And yes, being it's been openly talked about that he is an incredibly hard worker. It's been openly talked about that he came into BTS as a dancer. 
and that they tried to like figure out what they were going to do with him. What's he going to do with the rap line? Was he, you know, he ended up on the vocal line, um, you know, and so just seeing, yeah, I've always just felt like he has insecurity for having a lot of confidence. <laughs> he comes across sometimes as a very vulnerable and insecure person. I think demonstrating that like praise means a lot to him, but sometimes I just know that like from past experiences that I've had, people can tell you all sorts of things and it feels good for a minute, but like eventually like you need to truly have a time where you're transformationally able to be like, I have self-worth. And so to me, this is why this feels like a really powerful shift in tone is that like all of a sudden, like they finally believe this at least to some degree and they believe it so much. They're ready to give that energy back. And I feel like now I'm like, Oh my God, this feels like moving to a place where you are like ready for a healthy relationship. You are ready for more healthy friendships. You are ready for a more healthy relationship with yourself. And that isn't to say that like everything's always roses and there'll never be problems again, but just, you know, I felt like it was a depth of gratitude to somebody who like ultimately looked at him with all of his faults and saw him and found him lovable and that's a transformational thing to be seen and to be loved for who you are. I feel like it it speaks also, Leah, to like, now he's ready to have that confidence. Now he's ready to have a confidence going forward. You know, like, yes, now he can do all these things, but he really can pull off this solo life. Not forever, but like, this is a solo album. And it always just sticks in my mind that he has like this chip on his shoulder about like, oh, I'm not a solo artist. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm with BTS. I do this as a team. But now, you know, you hear in the, in the song, now he has that confidence to go forth and grow and like grow into his confidence and like be very secure in who he is um, and not be apologetic about it. You know, I feel like a lot of what we're hearing in these songs is this is me. And this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. And I think that's really important for him going forward. And we do find out that like in Vegas, he did say today in like the Sushweta interview that like that was when, you know, he's in the past that he talked to members today, Yungi in- indicated he spoke to him. So there could have been other people involved, but we know at least one was Suga, um, about the plan to eventually move, like to start to move forward to make the music. And something that I found interesting in today's interview that relates back to the album is in many ways, this is like a very important step to be a solo artist and do this. But it was almost like he was able to give himself permission because he's like, this is my effort that's also impacting the entire team. Because as we move into the solo time, the solo work is just going to keep advancing the greater team, which is BTS, which I don't think is, you know, I appreciate it as a fan. Like, yes, like I love BTS, like give me hope. It will continue. But if he was just like, look, I just need to make this for my own sake, which is almost what I feel like Kobe did in many ways. I appreciate that too. But for me, it was interesting to see like he almost conceptualized it as like, I'm going to keep the torch going in my way and grow with it. But this is also going to like keep putting content out, keep BTS like moving forward. And I thought that was an interesting way for like who I would consider to be our real team player member, which is like all rounder dedicated to the team. Well, I think he's like realizing how, or maybe they all are together in creating their solo albums that like when they show up as who they are um, and get to explore these new pieces of them, like it does make the team better. You know, it's like when you think about like intimate partner relationships and like, you know, when you are able to sort of stand in your own and be respected for who you are and your ideas and your beliefs and then you offer that to um, your partner or partners, like how much stronger and healthier the relationship is. And so they're they're coming into the next phase, whatever it may be, as sort of like the grown ass versions of themselves. Like they are, you know, full full adults rather than products of the K-pop idol machine which to me is sort of, you know, like they, they went into idols, they signed up for this and um, but very much was a part of their identity then. But now they're like, wait a minute, like if we go do this, if I make hope in the box and if I, um, you know, make face, like look at what we can be now. And it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. 
I'm looking at the lyrics of Letter and it feels, it doesn't feel like this is for me as ARMY. I will say that. <laughs> this, I, he loves ARMY and I have no doubt about that. But this hidden track was not written for me as ARMY. It was written for somebody else. <laughs> And I don't know who that somebody is, but I agree a hundred percent. That's so it's so personal and it's so healing and yeah, it's not just a letter to the fan base, even though like you said, he even though he does care. And what I find sweetly, amazingly romantic with it is that he's putting it out there in the public sphere. I think look, say it's for Ermy. Like, sure. Thank you. I will take it. <laughs> I like, you know, I don't believe it one bit, but like that gives you a lot of permission to be like, I mean, I feel like a lot of times like it's for me, it's for me. It's like, look, I will take it for you. If it helps you, like I will, I will wink and say, yes, thank you. It is for army, but somebody out there knows it's for them and that's enough. And that's enough. It reminds me. So this year, my birthday's in July and I threw myself a BTS party. And so I had BTS music playing and a V song came in and my mom was like, or it came on and my mom was like, oh, is he crooning for you? And I was like, this man is not singing for me. I wish he was, <laughs> but <laughs> this is not for me. And it just made me laugh. Like, I know, like, whoever it is, it is not. <laughs> I think that's what I love about like the solos, because I love that we're able to say they're this isn't for us. It's getting personal. And I think that's a big step and I like it. Um, and you know, they never have to reveal anything more than they want to ever, but having this hidden track and you know, wink, it's for army. I just think it's really beautiful because here's a hidden track and someone out there is like, Oh, that was for me. <laughs> and I, it's great. Let's get personal guys. Look, if you're BTS, and you can put a love letter into an album that's going to go a bazillion places, do it. <laughs> I love it because I, you know, I think this is one of the nice things about being older fans is that I don't think we struggle with the same kinds of um, like jealousy about the thought of them having healthy and happy relationships. I really want that for them. And uh this letter was so comforting. The song letter was so comforting because it was like, oh, Jimin's okay. You know, <laughs> he's doing well. He's thriving. He's loved. He's happy. Uh, and that is uh, just a, a balm for the soul to, to get to see that. It makes me so glad. I would want that for all of them. And we can still be selfish. Like, I want them to have experiences so they make really good music. Because if you live like a neuter, for, first, I don't like waste in general. I like things to be used to the fullest of their potential. So like, look, let's be real. If you're at home, like we want them to like be of use. These are beautiful people. Like, come on. Second creation. Of- all of creation wants them. <laughs> I mean, some, we- somebody needs to be getting with that. Otherwise, Honestly, the world, something's wrong with the world. V is somebody's muse. At someone at Celine, V is the muse. And I don't mean that in like a romantic way. I just mean that in a way like beautiful fan art, because as you can see this photo shoot he did for El Korea, I mean, come on, Leah's right. Like there's zero waste guys, zero waste. Yeah. And so we can interact how we're going to interact with it. And then also for them to have the full range of human experiences, like that's what I want. Like I want to engage with like emotionally healthy content that feels like it's full of growth and love and things because then like that's inspiring and that's relational building. And that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for like, you know, look, permission to dance has its place, but if we were just like pounding out that kind of level of song forever, like that's not gonna, that's not gonna hold in the same way. Like, you know, growth is fun. And I, I hope that they just understand that like for most of this fan base, they can trust us you know, there's always going to be outliers who are going to be like in it, but like, we're not catering. Like you should never be catering to that in art. I just feel like the song closer on Indigo, like 
no crumbs left behind no survivors in that song i heard that song and i was like i know exactly what this song is about and good for you my guy like good for you go get it nam june <laughs> um before we go can we talk about something really quick if everyone's okay with of that of course of course i need to talk about the jimmy fallon jimin skit that they did um because it's my favorite thing in the world I have been a fan of Jimmy Fallon's since he was on Saturday Night Live. I was in college when he was on and I have been I've been a fan of his since that. So it's like original bias and like bias, new bias record. Right. And they came together for this amazing skit. And someone on TikTok was saying it could have gone sideways. Right. Because. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, I'm going to totally spoil it for you, but go find it and watch it because it's adorable. I've watched it like 2000 times, I swear. But he knocks on Jimmy's office door and um, like crazy is playing, correct? Yeah, it's like a full blast. And he's like, oh, can I come in? And Jimmy's like, and Jimmy's wearing, first of all, Jimmy's wearing like head to toe chimmy. Like he's in like a chimmy jumpsuit, which is fantastic. And Jim was like, oh, uh. Jimmy's like, yeah, oh, yeah, come in. And when he goes in, Jimin looks around and they play like the stalker, like, right, right, right. And it's Jimmy Fallon's office is just covered in Jimin stuff. Plushies, pillows, chimmies. There was a mong in there. I think there was like a koi in there somewhere. But like the whole thing plays out that like Jimmy is the number one fangirl and it not only is it relatable, but it was amazing. And it was so well done. Jimin was so amazing. And he was so cute. His facial expressions, like they just like give him his Oscar, right? But the other thing was I had people in my real life that know I love BTS send that to me. And we're like, oh my God, this is so funny. Have you seen this? And I was like, yeah. Also, if I had the money, same. Like I would have a room like that if I had the money. So I just wanted to get your guys' take on it because I can't stop watching it. I thought it was amazing. I'm an old SNL junkie too. I love that show so much. I've been watching it since I was a little kid. And so I love this too for them. I'm glad they've struck up this friendship. And um, I, I thought it was so funny. And Jimin is a good actor. I mean, I'm not shocked, but at the same time, to see him doing it alone without the other members, I was really impressed at his, just his genuineness, his facial expressions. He's just so good and he's so sweet. And um, I, I was chit-chatting with someone online the other day and we were joking that uh, that room, the way they decorated his office was so authentic ARMY that one of their PAs or somebody in their production crew has to be ARMY and they basically just brought their house in for the set because it's just too, it's too authentic. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'm not convinced that that's not all Jimmy Fallon stuff because we know for a fact he has a Jimmy headband. So I'm just saying like, it could be true. It could be <laughs> that fan website too. I love that. That was so good. It was, it's just all of us. And I love how like they know, like BTS knows what our houses, apartments, rooms look like. They know, they see it. And it just verified that for me. Somebody sent it to me and said, is this how your husband feels when he comes up to your campus, like, apartment? (laughs) And I was like, maybe. I mean, like, I definitely have what I call my music room, and it's not far off. (laughs) And that's slippery slope. Because last Vegas, I was thinking Vegas last year, I didn't even have an army bomb when I went to the concert. I was like... I am free. Like, I like to be minimalist with my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, and I have this. That ship has <laughs> sailed. <laughs> so I blame Tanya for that, but it, you know, I'm not sad about it. I'm not sad about it. Actually, I think it was the folios I got you. I'm not going to lie. I think once the, like, that's when you started to make your transition into like, I'm going to start buying things. Cause it was like, well, maybe I'll buy this folio or maybe I'll buy that. It was one folio. It was Jimin's folio. Okay. Jimin's folio <laughs> came out and it was like, oh, you're right. It was the prayer candles I got you. Yeah, I got that it. That was uh, your first big purchase. That was, was it. That was candles. the big one. Yeah, that was my gateway last birthday. So I haven't even been in the purchasing for a year. But last August 31st on my birthday, I was like, I am going to buy a BTS thing. 
and I got prayer candles and now I even have a Yungi Barbie doll. They paid off. Those prayer candles paid for themselves. They did. They did. They really I, did. Lit, I lit that candle. I lit the Jimmy candle, my patron saint, mm-hmm. my bias wrecker to get our sugar tickets. So I was like, I need my bias wrecker to intercede for my bias so I can get my bias tickets. And it worked because yeah, it's not long now. Okay. Closing, closing, closing question for tonight. Cause this has already gone on way too long. To, this ties in the Sushweta episode and some news that came out in it to the album. And that is that these two, I know what Jimin does when people spoils things and he gets really uptight and he looks around like he's in trouble. And so when Yungi casually was like, you come in and like performing on tour with me, Jimin did this like sit up and look at the camera kind of thing. And then kind of realized Yungi's not going to like he's not rm he's not gonna spoil everything so they kind of bantered around like what could that look like if jimin came to a show what's your i mean i feel like i'm 100 he's he's at least coming to a show right like it might be just in seoul at the very end or something but the way jimin looked in the camera did you see he turned like almost 90 degrees and looked straight into the camera and his eyes got really big and he was just like yeah, I don't know what to call that look, but it was just like this very purposeful uh, kind of look right into the camera. What is that? And my favorite was it was like so casual. Like it could just be like Tony Montana or it could be like, I don't know. I'm just spitballing this that I've never thought of. And we've never had this conversation. But what if it was like Tony Montana and then it like fades out to like like create just hear me out on what this wild idea that's just coming to me right now as a joke would be. Because BTS never plans anything out long-term, right? They don't plan things years in advance. Oh, no, that would never happen. I was just going to say, someone pointed out in one of the group chats that we're in that Oakland closes his U.S. leg, right? So someone was like, well, what if it's Oakland to close out the U.S. part? And I was like, well, there won't be a group chat anymore. (laughs) Because these ladies will not exist in this space any longer. goodbye like i just all i know is i'm lighting that i'm bringing back that prayer candle megan i'm asking your grandma to intercede again intercede yes (laughs) i am going to be on the floor when all of a sudden we're going to have pakjimin sashay out ready to go what will we do what will we do Mm -hmm. because okay one night we're in our own space, right? We're in our suite and we got that. But the next night, y'all are on the floor. I'm not, I can't play that game. Like I'm, it w- never works out for me. And that's fine. I just, it, there, it doesn't matter where I'll be. You'll be, we'll all be dead together. <laughs> all of us are dead. I put that in a group chat last <laughs> week. All of us are dead. It was over B, but like, I feel like every day, all of Look. us are dead. I have to die at some point. Like my life is not infinite. And if I'm going to die from the pure compersion happiness that is seeing Jimin and Yungi on the stage together. It's just, I don't even. If I have to pick a death, that's a death. Like that's the last <laughs> thing I want to see as like I go out in this world. Maybe this is the theme for night one for for our decorations and stuff <laughs> is our own memorial service. <laughs> honestly our sweet box is actually not a wedding it's not the bridal suite it's the funeral <laughs> it's a wake exactly it's funeral a wake. like sanity and morals is what it's <laughs> i mean honestly i just feel like i someone asked me in my real life if i was going to video the whole thing and i was like yeah like i kind of want to borrow someone's gopro and just have it like going the whole time and then I was like, but do I? Because the feral sounds that will come out, like I'll never be able to share it ever. <laughs> like no one wants that, guys. It's going to be real. I love it. I think the GoPro is a great idea. I bet I can get like a, I might even just go super embarrassing to be around and just have like a GoPro like head, like in some <laughs> head torch, have like the GoPro on my head. So I don't have to worry about holding it and just like go for it. <laughs> the best. Okay. Cause here's the best part. So I shared in the group chat uh, or someone shared in the group chat, someone at PTT Las Vegas. And I can't remember what member it was, but they like make eye contact with them. 
on their like iPhone. And the sound that comes out of this person is just like guttural, right? And Leah's like, oh my God, did you hear that that person sound like? And I was like, uh, actually I have you on video the night we watched the Soul con- or the Busan concert and you sound like that. And she was like, oh my God, don't ever share it. And, <laughs> that was was classic. and it wasn't even live. Like we weren't even there. It was on the screen. Anyway, um, the other, I know this was the closing closing, but I just want to let you know that, um, Yoongi's tour kicks off on April 26th. Um, and somewhere in between that time, we're getting an album. So good night. I know. Goodbye and good night. We're less than a month out. We're less than a month out from night one of the tour. He must be pulling like, you know, Epic High did that before their tour. Like they dropped something like a week out or something. It's going to have to be something that he's like, I'm not doing the promotional music. And I mean, like it plays to his strengths too. Like I don't see him loving being on all the variety shows and like doing like the talkie talkie. He's just going to drop it and then do his tour and sell everyone else under the table. All right. Well, this was our quick hot take on face. I feel like we just keep adding on to it. So this is also our impersonation of a Jungkook live where he's like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm still going. Pretty soon you're just going to hear a candle flickering and we're all like, can we all just acknowledge right now that we can't do hot take episodes? We can't. There's no way. <laughs> we can do a hot take. We're just going to light a bonfire. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, look, we might see each other tomorrow night talking about Jungkook. So, who knows? Oh my God, it's yes. it's going to be a wild oh time. Okay. Well, what do we okay. say? Bye. 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 Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight K-Drama. Deep Dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.